Hi, and welcome to Global Impact, a podcast designed to help you find the freedom to accomplish more with your life, increase the productivity of your team, and make a difference in the lives of people around the world. I'm your host, J.W. Oliver, and I thank you for joining us. Hi, this is J.W. Oliver, and we're so excited you've joined us with another edition of Global Impact. I'm pretty excited today. I've got a friend of mine that uh, is in a different industry, but it's the coolest industry in the world. It is writing of books. Mr. Caleb Brakey, how are you today? I am doing wonderful, JW. I appreciate that. It's it's good to see someone who loves who loves the concept of books as much as I do. <laughs> when you first told me about this opportunity of, of you know this global impact, uh, we actually used to use that phrase for the the type of packages we would use for our books. And so I was wow. at first I was like, wait, is he talking about me or is he talking about <laughs> you? Because books have such a way to create global impact. Absolutely, and I. I think that's one of the things I'm passionate about is is uh, that most business people and most people in general, there's ways that they can make those global impacts. And, you know, when I first met you, we met at a, at a conference, a church conference a year ago. Um, and and I, I'm going to let you tell a little bit about yourself because, but I think what you're doing is allowing even initially it was pastors uh, with your speak at the sermon uh, that, that turned those, uh, no, sermon to books. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Uh, I knew that didn't sound right when it came out. <laughs> and and so, but that allowed pastors to have a greater impact in, in their sphere. But tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into this and how you got to where you are now. Sure. So uh, my wife and I, we got married quite young. Uh, I was 21, she was 18 and we were both, I mean, that's all we wanted to do was to write. And we spent all of our wedding money on 52 books on writing and we studied writing and we worked towards writing and we uh, wrote books together and we submitted them to agents and publishers and editors and we went to conferences together and uh, we banged down the doors of traditional publishing for about seven years until we finally broke through and um, it was it was awesome I've always been one to chase and really focus on one goal and and honestly sometimes the harder it is the more it it gets me revved up to do it uh, almost like you you like the pain because you know if you just keep going everyone else is gonna quit and right. you're gonna be the one left standing Amen. and so uh, we've been after this uh, our whole lives um, I even was a journalist stepped out of journalism and we even took jobs as night managers at retirement apartments so wow. that we could I can, instead of working 16 hours a day on my day off, we started working, you know, anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a day, five days a week in between our night manager job. And so we were all in from the beginning. When my first book came out, it was so exciting. Uh, the publisher started putting more money toward it, marketing dollars, because it was coming right at a time when the topic was very relevant and it, and it, it launched. And, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go all in. And I want to uh, impact people with this message. We we purchased 6,000 books of my own book, gave them away for free at conferences all over the nation. And it was great for a while. But then the sales started to die down. And and I was kind of broken. I, I didn't know what to do at that point. I was like, I've given my whole life to this. And I can't make it work financially. And it's kind of that thing, JW. I think everyone wants to... Uh, walk in their purpose and make a living at the same time. Yeah, and, I, I think we all enjoy our passion. So yeah, we want to be able to make a living with our passion. Now, that's not always true. But you obviously knew that 
this was your passion. You wanted to stay in it as well. That's right. It was, it, it, I knew that that was my, that my greatest desire that I wanted was to, to be able to, to do what I love and, and serve others in that way. And so I started thinking, I said, well, what's the problem here? And I started to look at this publishing uh, realm with new eyes. And I said, well, what if it didn't have to take, you know, 10 years or seven years for someone to break through? What if it took one? What if a writer didn't have to give away their intellectual property? So my yeah. books, I, I actually can't do anything with them. Um, they, I can't change the price. I can't do a pr promo. Um, and I only see about a dollar or less per book sold, which is almost impossible to make the margins work. And so what if I could keep that intellectual property and be able to, you know, do things with my book. And then the biggest one that was, that was hurt, hurtful is that publishers. And I, I spoke with one of the big publishers from New York only a few weeks ago. And he said these words to me, he said, yeah, 10, 15 years ago, we could take a chance on someone with a message, but didn't have a way to really sell their book. Didn't have a platform today. We just blow them off. And like, it hurts so wow. bad because it was this, this idea of we will publish people. It doesn't matter where they got their platform. I used the example of they could be sticking jalapenos up their nose on YouTube. And because they have followers, they'll get a book deal. It's like, oh, you have people you can get in front of, so you must have a, a book. Like, isn't it better to have inspired messages coming from people with Amen. real stories? No, agreed. Yeah, and agreed. so I wanted to flip that on its head. And that is where I started with Sermon to Book, helping pastors turn their sermons into books. Because I know the blood, sweat, and tears that go into sermons, and they're just sitting on a shelf. And, and, I knew and that book that you, that, that original book, it's still on Amazon, correct? You better believe it. Correct? Yep. Yeah. What's the name of it? So I have a few different books. Called to Stay was my very first one. Uh, that was an uncompromising mission to stay in church, to save your church, if you will, to invest in your church. The big idea was, listen, Jesus called us to love the unlovely, not only right. in this world, but in our own church body. And uh, the millennials, my kids my age, were throwing the baby out with the bathwater. They're basically like, oh, church is filled with hypocrites. You know, I'm going to follow Jesus, but I'm done with the church. That yeah. was the original title was following Jesus without leaving the church. And I got changed to called to stay. And so, um, yeah, that was the original book that, that got it all started. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. Now, now, well, it's now you a minute ago, you said you got married at 21, but you, you look like you're about 22 now. Have you been, <laughs> you been doing this a year? Is that right? I, yes. So I am 33 years old and uh, writing is all I've ever known. When I went to college, so I was actually homeschooled up until college, pretty much. I played high school sports and stuff like that. But um, when I uh, went to college, I actually had an incredible low confidence. Uh, homeschooling wasn't the best thing for me because I was always comparing like, well, am I behind? Am I ahead? Like, I, yeah. I don't know because I have nothing to measure. Nobody to compare to, correct. So I went to college and I was like, this was literally my thought process. I was like, what's, what's one thing that I'm not bad at? That, and that was just the confidence I had. I was like, well, writing. And so I started taking writing. I was like, well, one thing, what's one thing that's less depressing than the news? <laughs> Sports. Yeah, but, I, so I was but like, you know, I, we, we met a year ago. We met at a, a conference, a church conference. And, and uh, we've, I, I've actually visited with you up in uh, the Seattle area. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and you're passionate about what you do. And to me, mm -hmm. that's the difference. I mean, mm -hmm. if you get me talking about global impact and what we do at Global BP Solutions and support DDS, I get real fired up because... I know the impact it's having on ministries. I'm Amen. seeing people going to work at uh, in Zimbabwe at our at our center there, and and that's the way you are with your books. You're mm -hmm. you're you're passionate, even, uh, I, and I'll I'll tell the listeners here to be all disclosure. I'm actually 
in the process of about to write a book with you. Amen. And the interesting thing about it, I think sometimes you get more excited about <laughs> me writing the book than I do, <laughs> which is a great thing. <laughs> You know, when you've traveled that, that path of a book and you've got those emails or those conversations of people saying, this changed my life. I mean, that is, that's like a holy dopamine right there. I yeah, mean, it's like, absolutely. wow, God used me in someone else's story to help yeah. them overcome something. It's, I mean, what a privileged place to be where now you get to influence someone's life. You know, we talk about influencers out there and you think of them as maybe people who are on YouTube and are traveling the world and they're influencing, but the true influencers are those who are out serving others and helping them overcome and solve problems and, and live a better life and follow Jesus. Uh, and you know, all these important issues and, and books are just the most wonderful way to start that journey of transformation with someone. Caleb, what, what are the statistics now? I'm out of curiosity. I love to read. I, I, uh, I think I, I, we, you and I were talking earlier, I probably got 20 books I've bought and I've still got to work through those. I try to, my goal has always been to read a book a week. I don't do that. I'm probably maybe one every two weeks, but has with all the social media, with all the push, because there's no doubt that I, I truly believe reading is a stimulant to the brain. Uh, you, it's where the education knowledge is, is born. What are those statistics now with the people who read, who don't read? Success, let's talk about success rates, people who, who read and their, their success, if you will, in the world. And then, and then how much has that changed with the advent of social media and, you know, 140 characters and things like that? Well, as far as the statistics go, I can't give a lot of numbers, but I can show a couple things like one, we like clear communication and, and one thing's never changed is people learn through story. Yeah. People learn through story. And even as you mentioned statistics and uh, what's this, what's that? It's interesting because when you have a thousand people, it's a statistic. When it's one person, it's a story. And story is how we teach and learn. You that, know? Did you read that in a book or did you just make that up? No, I, I mean, I've had lots of conversations <laughs> about this. I'm sure someone smarter than me read about this, wrote about it. No, I love that. I, I, I love that. That's exactly, I mean, think that's about, I, I was told a story of, uh, you know, a tribe in, in Africa and what, what they do when, when they were teaching how to protect the tribe, they told a story. When they're teaching how to hunt properly, they told a story. Uh, when Jesus taught, he would say, there once was a man who blank. Yeah. Story sticks, story connects with the heart. And, and I fell into this as a writer. I was like, I just need to think of the best, you know, the top 10 ways to do this. And I need to spell it out and here's the blueprint. And when, when I started writing, I didn't tell enough stories and and my writing wasn't as powerful because of it. Cause I'm thinking, well, stories, you know, we've heard them before and no stories are everything. I've heard it well, said you, that stories, the quickest way to the human heart. Yeah. You, you think about some of the most successful pastors, especially some of the mega pastors that have grown their churches and uh, nothing wrong with mega pastors. I want to say, but they all have great stories, right? Mm. Uh, they always start off with a great story, which translates into, the message. So I think you're right. People want to hear the story. They don't want to read from, uh, you know, first Habakkuk and be able to say uh, there's no story behind it. They want to hear the story and then how it ties to the message. So yeah, I think that's interesting. Absolutely. I've never remembered the uh, five points that start with P <laughs> or R. <laughs> right. I always remember a story. Yep. Um, 
And I think that Jesus was on to something when he told stories, when he told parables. I mean, who Well, there's a reason he told parables, right? I mean, there was a whole That's reason because right. he knew we were going to remember them. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I think we can remember powerful. the parables better than we can remember the Ten Commandments. And I think it's because yep. those stories stick. It's, That's right. That's a title of a book, right? The story uh, stick. I like that. Story stick. Story stick. Just ask Jesus. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, tell me some things that you believe. Obviously, we've talked about your your uh, your sermon to book, which was your first company, right? Uh, right. You still have that company, but that's your yep. first venture, and it was it was pastors who could take their sermons, get them into books, and use those to be influencers as well. That's and right. and now you're doing speaking to book, which catches a, a whole nother sector, in, including my sector, that you're able to do. But tell me how you feel like that what you're doing. Everybody's trying to make a living. Everybody wants to be successful. We we love you know the art of selling. We love the art of closing the deal. Um, what is it that you do that you see is has that is, is impactful? Because what you're doing is impactful. Uh, getting people's messages and their stories. We we've, we've talked about some stories that I've had and that we've shared with other people, and and they do make a difference in people's life. Tell me why you think that what you're doing or how you're do, what you're doing how it has a major impact as well. Oh man. So one I already mentioned is books are the beginning of a relationship between author and reader. And I like to say that books have to be the beginning, not an end. So I teach authors to, the book is a beginning of a relationship between you and readers who need your help. And that's where it all starts. And you can now take them on a journey. They are entrusting part of their life to you. Tip for you right. to help them take on a journey. So that's one, right? Books are published and they start these relationships and journey, but that doesn't even hit the author. We're talking about legacy. We're talking about moments when you start to realize that we are human, that there is a clock ticking, that we only have so long on this earth and a lot of people die with their story or the things that are most important to them inside. They never actually get them out. They never hand them down. They never think what's going to be important to me at the end of my life. One of the reasons why I chased so hard after writing is I just didn't want the regret of, of working a desk job that just didn't give me life. Yeah. I, I wanted to do something that brought life and I need to create and I need to help others create and I need to help transform lives. That this is what gives me up in the morning. Like I've never had a Monday, I, pretty much. I, I worked two years as a journalist, but I've never really experienced a Monday because like I, I get up out of bed and I'm excited about what I do. And a lot of that's because I'm. this is the legacy I'm creating. My, my business is kind of like writing my book. And, yeah. and I love that I get to unlock that in other people who 81% of Americans say they want to write a book. Less than 1% do. 81%, is that right? That's right. Wow, that's amazing. That's straight from the New York Times. Wow. Well, and, and, and again, people, people think this stuff is easy. And I always have people say, well, I wish I was in business for myself like you are. I wish I did this. But there, there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. And, oh. and you and I talked about your story. Uh, you, you got your, you and your wife got your book published and then you literally loaded it in the back of an old bread van yep. and you went driving around, giving away the book. I'm sure you were going to church conferences and yep. probably just anywhere they would let you in mm -hmm. and, and giving your book. So tell me about that. Were those, were those 
were those some tough financial times, difficult marital times? How, how did that impact your family, your, your, you and your wife? And, uh, and, and how did that affect, um, uh, you know, your plans going forward, but you had to go through those hardships. You had to go through that pain to experience the joy as well. Better believe it. Um, there is no mountaintop without the climb. <laughs> Someone yeah, who is, who is, who is going to climb the, the big mountain here, uh, <laughs> can realize that. Yeah. Um, no, if someone were to say like, this is actually one thing that I, I tell a lot of people I and mean, they say, well, Caleb, like this is gonna take so much time and there's so much money. And it, and I say, would you like people with great influence and authority? Would you like them to be able to get in positions of authority easily? Like <laughs> I want people who have been through the ringer. I want people who have, who have fought through. I mean, JW, when I got out of journalist journalism, my wife and I, when we were working as night managers, we lived off $600 a month for wow. five years. Five years? Yes, sir. We had free room and board. So what we looked for was like, hey, if we can't, how can we create more time? It was either make a lot of money and hope that we can put it away and then create time, or we could find a job that is less about money, but it frees up more time. And that's what we did. And like that alone, when all of our other friends were buying houses and having babies, you know, that was a hard sacrifice. And beyond that, you know, I drove a Ford Taurus most of my life, just whatever could get from A to B. It actually died when I was taking a load to the dumps. <laughs> I mean, I have had some stories because it's never been about money or status for me. Yeah. And just a month ago, I got an award for my business, you know, making over $1.5 million. That wow. didn't come easy. That, no. that, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. And guess what? It Nothing's changed. You know, we're still working hard, but that's because like it, it's the joys in the journey. You know, there's no well, destination. I, I know there's a, a yeah, for instance, I know people who say, oh, it must be nice to work from home. I'm like, well, wait a minute. For 25 years, I didn't work from home. You know, right. now I do. And I, yeah, I've got a lot of freedom and able to do some things. And we, we, we're fortunate, my wife and I get to travel a lot, but that didn't come without a lot of investment in the front side. So you have to invest right. in that front side to be able to do that. But so, so, so Caleb, kind of to sum it all up, it, it's obviously that it's obvious that you're having an impact because without your conduit, if you will, for pastors and other people to be able to get their books to the market and which expands their reach, right? I mean, if you That's can right. only preach your sermon to the people in your congregation, you're limited to who comes to church. Obviously, it expands as you get a book. What other ways do you see that business people can make an impact? I've told you the story uh, years ago. I, I was, you know, used to spend a lot of time in Haiti, still try to go as often as I can. And I remember I thought, I'm just going to move to Haiti and just love on these children and work. And God clearly told me, like, man, if, if you do that, you're no use of me. I need you to produce an income, be able to tithe, be able to take some of the revenue and use that to build some ministry. So, what are some ways that you see people have able been able to make that impact through their businesses as well? I mean, the biggest surprise in business for me has been uh, my team and the relationships that we've built and the culture that's been created. Wow. Um, it's like family and gosh, that sounds cliche, but we've built a culture of a company that I know is impacting every person who's a part of it. And I've got grand vision for the future on continuing to do this. Like, not yeah. just like, 
I just don't want our company, like I wanna first change the lives of those who I work. We've got 18 core members and then also some contractors that we work with outside of our core members. I pour into them, they pour into others. Amen. And, 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 and we, we get on the phone once a month to test, hey, how are things going in your work? What's going on? What's working? What's not working? We get the feedback and it, nothing, nothing gets me kind of choked up in a way than to hear those responses. Like probably the most moving time I've ever had is when we had our team come out to our house and we have our first company summit and we were getting together to just get to know each other because we work, mo work mostly virtually. And uh, we did this thing where everyone wrote down um, what comes to mind when you think about this person. And we went around the room and we, we put stickers on everyone's backs. And wow. everyone had to go up and read them in front of everybody. And I got mine and like, I just broke down um, wow. because it was everything that I, I wanted to stand for character, integrity, excellence, um, being, being about bigger things, being about the things that Jesus cared about, love God, love others. Yeah. And like, um, that is impact. And, and so it's great. Like books are creating such an impact, but the one that caught me by surprise was all the people that I work with. And again, my company, I have got grand vision. I'm always asking my wife, where do you think we could go if this happened? What, what, where, where can we give? What can we invest in? Who can we partner with to create more impact and impact those lives? And like, there's nothing, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, I think we don't realize that the the impact we have around the people we work with. It's interesting. I was going to point that out, and you beat me to it. Um, you know, with the people we work with in Zimbabwe in our center there for Global VP Solutions. You know, it's 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 interesting. They 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 enjoy it when I come there, and and because I really we really make them a part of our team. They're not a product that we're selling. They're not a piece of it. You know, we have. Uh, I think you're aware we've got two people that are uh, pastoral care so that they're always doing ministry and it's full time for them. They, they're full time pastors to the people within their circle. And you hear the comments and the feedbacks about how much that means to them. One of yeah. our uh, one of the one of the people that actually works for one of my companies there, but works not for that company, but for my dental company, uh, had a mother had her mother pass away from cancer. Matter of fact, the, mm. the funeral services were today. And just the outpouring I saw from our people to support her 10,000 miles away mm. it has been fantastic. So yeah, I think that we realize we can, we can have a major impact, uh, those around us. You know, we forget that we have a major impact with our children. We forget we have a major impact on our spouse and, and they're going to mimic and do the things we do, but it's even That's more right. so with, with the people that, that work around us. So yeah, well, that's uh, that's something we all need to be mindful of. That we need to create um, that culture around us that that we we want to be in as well. That's right. That's huge. Well, Caleb, at, let me let me kind of wrap it up here. Tell me what your what is your next big goal? What is that next big thing on there? Whether it's a trip or a plan or a new business, have you have you got something that you're saying? Hey, this is my next big thing. You know, we are incredibly excited. We're <laughs> could be just days now of, of partnering with one of the big five publishers in New York. Wow. Congratulations. And yes. Thank you very much. It's, it's a very exciting time because it, here's the thing I I've talked about, Hey, I went through the traditional route and it just wasn't what I thought it was. And so it seems like I'm fighting against it, but I have such a deep respect 
for this industry and I love traditional publishing and there's so much good that can be brought. And, and I know that this journey I've been on of uh, not only writing, but also stepping away for five years, a part of my story I didn't share to learn marketing from someone who spent over a billion dollars on online ads. Wow to to pair these together to marry these industries and help traditional publishing continue to grow and evolve like it means a lot to me and and i respect the the tradition while also innovating it and so to be able to partner with uh, a traditional publisher with roots and to bring value there and to to have strength meet strength that's the next big thing for for me and to see where that goes and what opportunities that creates and uh, you know, giving authors and aspiring authors more options and, and just a, a better ability to get their books written, get them published and get them marketed to the right people so that ads don't even feel like ads. They feel like, how did they know that this is what I'm going through right now? And here it is in front of me. Yeah. Well, we spent some time talking about the use of different marketing techniques so that uh, if you've got a story to tell, get it in front of the right group. You can't just go out there and as we say, shotgun approach it and just Hope right. somebody likes your title or likes your 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 uh, your intent or your content, but you're going to have to find out how to get that to the right person. So that's really cool, and I think the, your partnership uh, with your uh, one of the big big five there is, and there's also you know there's also a big five in Africa, right? You got the big five animals, and then you got the the the, the big five publishers now. So now we got all these big <laughs> fives that are running up. Those big fives are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, those big fives are everywhere. Uh, well, that's cool. Well, Caleb, congratulations. Tell uh, again, is, is it speakittobook.com? Is that right? You got it. Speakittobook.com, sermontobook.com. And uh, actually, we have new websites on the way that will be here. Oh, I don't know when this is going to air, but it's going to be a ways, a ways down the road. I even have a new personal website coming down the road, but uh, those addresses will get you there. Well, check it out. And you wrote a book called The String just recently. That's right. right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So that was a uh, pick that one up as well. That's right. Pick up the string. Uh, you can get it at get the That was the longest row. That took me 10 years. So three more <laughs> years on top to you break know what you should have done, Caleb, when you started to write that book, you should have hired speak it to book to write it for you. What was I you thinking? You could have had it done in 10 months. See, yeah, <laughs> you should have called me on that one. I should have. I should have got your advice on that one. <laughs> well, your congratulations. Uh, you, you've, uh, you're young. Uh, you've got a lot of energy. You've got a lot of passion. Uh, we, I think we, we're similar in that. Hey, we got another similarity. We both married hot wives. I know you, <laughs> I, he's got a beautiful wife. I can't and, argue. Uh, no, no, I won't argue either. And and uh, and and you probably you've seen pictures of mine. We haven't met in person, but uh, uh, we're both blessed with the same thing there. So congratulations on all you're doing, and uh, excited about. I'm personally excited about writing the book with you, Amen. and uh, I'm just wishing you a lot of success. And again, uh, if if you're listening to this, and if you think you cannot have that global impact, you sure can. You can have it with just the people who are right next to you in your work cubicle. So don't think that right. you can't have that too. But Caleb, thanks a bunch. We appreciate you jumping in here today and uh, keep on making that global impact. JW, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for joining us on another edition of Global Impact. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Deezer and follow us on Facebook. Links will be in the description below. Until next time, Stay inspired, stay motivated, and make an impact.